Welcome, everybody, to the first podcast from UB News, interviewing Dr. Bill Harner, who's the superintendent at the Quaker Town Community School District. He was explaining to me the framework on which they've thought out over a period of time how to apply the theory of getting kids to learn to what you have to do to make that happen. And then the next trick is to get the administration and the teachers to buy into that program so that when the kids get a chance to do it, they really learn. The attitudes and the framework seems to be working. Even in COVID, we got really good results in the academics. Now the school's back in order. The other two pillars of Dr. Harner's methodology, academics, the arts, and athletics. It's clear Dr. Harner is really proud of the staff that he has. Encouraged his uh, administration to uh, get higher level degrees, learn more, so they can uh, bring the research that they do and that they, they learn about into our classrooms. Doctorate or have to earn your doctorate since I've been here. We had, might have met, might have had three when I got here. Almost every administrator is in a program or most have graduated from a program now. And they've taken what they've intellectualized their daily work into the research that's out there where Dr. Zerblis just ran a doctorate just a couple months ago before she was hooded. She did her work on PBIS. And it, and, and it, so you get the idea that there's some acronyms in here. PBIS, RTII, the seven habits. You know, all of this is coming together to make a, a unified philosophy of the school district on how to make things work. Quick refresher on what are the seven habits that Covey talks about, and that is be proactive. Begin with the end in mind. First things first. Think win-win. First seek to understand, then understood. Synergize and sharpen the saw. I asked Dr. Harner to explain how the interaction works between himself and the administration and the school board to understand the priorities that it takes to prioritize what to do. I asked Dr. Harner for some guidance on how you look to prioritize and get that into the, the curriculum. For reasons, first budgetary. You can't look, you can't, if everything's important, then nothing's important. I only start off that before I get into money. If everything's important at one time, then nothing's important. And the six-year cycle is something Dr. Lisa Hoffman helped us out that she brought to the community and with the labeling and the process is building up curriculum. Prior to my arrival here, we bought programs, we bought textbooks from companies, but we didn't buy, we didn't have our own curriculum. That is, if you understand how, I'll explain how the system works. The state comes up with the standards. The district, working with its teachers on a daily, regular basis, comes up with a curriculum of which the board adopts. 
and then the board buys the books through their the approval process, and then we develop units and lessons and all that. And as a teacher, I'm sure you know how that former teacher, you know how all that fits. When I got here, the only department out of all of our departments and content areas was the PE department that had a curriculum. Was the chair of the PE department? She was at Milford. It was the only curriculum we had. All we did was buy books. Teach the books. Teach the books. And now, if you go online, we have this system called Atlas, our system software platform. And in there, everything we teach, the curriculum maps are there. And then it flows all the way down. So parents have access to it now. And they can see what we're teaching, why we're teaching it. What the essential question it's an off-the-shelf curriculum that was they we began to implement it prior to my time and it's been built out to several different courses other than just a pre-engineering course we're in the cyber with that course as an example into the science department with the course not just engineering where they, the students come in there and they're doing hands-on work they have a kit where they go in there that's assigned to them. They pull out their kit. Now, that's probably first year on the job. Chris, tell me about yourself. What makes you tick? He says, well, I'm a chef. Wait a second. You teach pre-engineering here and engineering. How are you a chef? And he, and he said to me, well, I'm the pastry chef at a five-star hotel over in Reading. And I said, yeah, if you do, if you are, I'll take a sample. Built the program up in the culinary, our culinary program where... This coming year, in the culinary arts, when they finish his program, and they're in there cooking every day. Chris's electives are the most sought-after elective. He came in the night that the board was considering it. He came in with his big white chef's hat on. He and I had uh, one of the elementary school choirs coming in to sing. He built fifty individual tiny meals with it dinner and a dessert for the board and for all the little kids there and he presented his curriculum how many students do you think signed up for his course that I could do 30 students in the fall 30 students in the spring uh, awesome opportunity for our students to do well and to find in their niche people say the math and science and all this kind of stuff our kids aren't getting it they're going off to college and to the local schools here and to be a nurse be a chemist, to be an electrical engineer, to go to Penn State for a mechanical engineer. And it's so cool to hear what they're doing. To be a chemist, to be an electrical engineer, to go to Penn State for a mechanical engineer. And it's so cool to hear what they're doing. If they're not doing that, almost everyone's got a job lined up. I have a couple that, that mess with me and they don't tell, I don't have to figure it all out. And it might be, you know, five students that don't know. But what's really great about Quakertown, in my opinion, is because of what we have done here for our culture, kids want to be in school. Another example about culture and attendance, when I got here, matter of fact, you knew, congratulate me, today is the first day of my 10th year in the district. I, 23rd of January in 2014 was my first day. But that very first spring and then that very first spring when they were having dances at the high school, 120 kids at best would show up. Can you imagine out of 1,700 students, 
that we still have graduating or attending high school, 1,700 to 1,750 students, only 120 kids showing up for a dance. How much do you think, how many students do you think was there for homecoming? Over 1,200. Well, you look at the choral concerts and you look at how much of the audience goes up to sing with the choral. Oh, they, they're coming back. And they come back. And now we're using them to, because of the Pathways program that we have them coming back as guest speakers, ones that are already out there, recent graduates, folks that have been graduated years ago. And I've asked if you had been to a board meeting a couple months ago, I was having some of the graduates that were here as freshmen, my, my freshman year in the district. And now they're already out of college and they're one was our speaker here. She's a Fulbright scholar. She went to Dickinson. She's a full, Fulbright scholar. So She's amazing how Dickinson cracks out Fulbrights. I'm over in Italy right now. And what's also interesting isn't it took me a while, about three months when I first got in here, and I offered the board a three and a, three and a half percent of the budget or about $4 million of where we could save. And the board adopted that that report, I asked to have half of it for reducing class size at the elementary school, adding in more guidance counselors to the elementary school, because when I got here, it was one guy, elementary guidance counselor for every two buildings. We had six. And they were spinning like a top. And you, and so if you think about their student ratio, it was like three times the national average. We started reducing class sizes. so. Basically, we're sitting at 16 teachers per grade, first to fifth grade, approximately the same number, maybe half a teacher off, same number of teachers per grade, but we have five less students per classroom. We were the first district in the state to sign on to the what became the class action suit against, what was the name of the company? Jewel. Yeah, Jewel. And, and through... Begley Law Firm, that was our, where Jeff Garten is our solicitor's um, works. And vape, vaping um, picked up as soon as we went, got rid of the mass. Number of students going to the bathroom, I don't think it's, to me, I, I've been a high school principal, I've been a middle school principal. Most of your issues that you have are in bathrooms. Yeah. Very few things get to me about what's going on as challenges in the bathroom. So Dr. Hunter has been rambling a little bit, been bragging about his accomplishments, which are significant. And I, I really understand that as a former teacher, as a parent, and as an observer of the school board. The school board asked the superintendent to implement their policies. And Hunter has been really good at being able to explain to the board, this is why I need it. This is why the money needs to be spent for it. And the board has largely gone along with his programs, with a few exceptions. So it's not like he got everything he wanted, and he certainly did his contract extended, but he's really done a great job over 11 years. And as I look at the body of work that he's done, I'm really impressed that the school board has gone along with as much as it has. Now, we're going to be looking for a new superintendent. I asked Dr. Harner what his next chapter was, and he was evasive at best. I, I don't think we're going to get 
a good picture of where Dr. Hunter wants to go next, but he certainly has a lot of opportunities. He's well-connected in the state. He's well-connected in the county. He's documented successes that far exceed his failures. And his failures have been in things that he wanted to do but didn't get approval to get done. I'm pleased to have the time to interview him and to share the highlights of that interview with you in this podcast. Stay tuned. I'll be interviewing more people as time goes by.